unbroken. And if you were to Google unbroken in a dictionary, means not broken, not fractured or damaged, not interrupted, not disturbed, continuous, unbroken, unbroken. If you were to look at the definition of broken this morning, it means fractured, damaged, no longer in one piece or in working order. Suffering, emotional pain that is so strong that it changes the way you live, usually as a result of an unpleasant event. And so this morning, we, we kicked off our theme last week, unbroken. And it's good to think of unbroken versus broken and understanding there is a difference. Because there's a difference in us this morning. There's a difference in every one of us this morning. How many of us have ever lived through an unpleasant event? How many of us have ever suffered and gone through an unpleasant event, which causes us, leads us to be broken? Or how many of us know someone who's very near and dear to our hearts, that we love with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul? And to see someone suffering sometimes, it can cause us to be broken inside. My title today is The Power of Those Who See. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's the power of those who see. The power of those who see. Now, I don't know if you have ever heard this saying before. If it ain't break, broken, what? We don't need to fix it, right? If it ain't broke, we don't need to fix it. And I want you to keep that thought in your mind as we get into this first verse. Luke 5, Luke 5 verse 17. So if you have your Bibles, Luke 5, verse 17. One day, while Jesus was teaching... Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, they tried to take him inside to Jesus. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went to the roof, took off some tiles... Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? It is easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. Verse 24. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Immediately. Everyone watched. The man jumped up, picked up his mat, and he went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe as they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. And so as we kick off this verse in this beginning text for us this morning, it says that the healing power was strongly with Jesus. Healing power was strong with Jesus. You know what is crazy to me to think that, so this is Dr. Luke, right? Most of us respect most doctors. 
And this is Dr. Luke, and he decided to open up this text by stating the healing power was strong with Jesus. Now, I find it interesting because everything you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it seems like the healing power was always with Jesus, right? Everywhere Jesus went, he was healing people. Everywhere that Jesus went, everything that Jesus did, he, every person that got touched was instantly healed. But Dr. Luke, who we respect doctors, made the point to say the healing power was strong. The healing power was strong. You know, Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Do, do us in here this morning, do we feel that we're powerful? Now, sometimes in life, we feel powerful because maybe we work out like Sam, right? Sometimes when we work out and we, and we get strong and those muscles feel good, sometimes we feel powerful. Isn't there certain things that we do as people and as humans and in certain moments we can feel strong and we can feel full of muscle and we can feel powerful. Jesus said to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. John 14, 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This morning we sang a song, Your Great Name. Jesus, Dr. Luke said, had strong healing power. And sometimes, sometimes, just sometimes, have you ever had to do something and decided? How, how many of us have ever heard the word delegation? Delegation, right? I'm in charge, but I don't want to do the dishes, so I'm going to tell someone else to do the dishes, right? How many of us have ever delegated a job to someone because we ourselves don't feel that it is our job to do so. You see, sometimes God has put us here to be his hands and his feet, but sometimes we delegate even his work to somebody else. Jesus, the healing power was strong with Jesus, and Jesus had to make a point in John to say, listen, greater things, if you believe in me, and if you ask in my name, you will do great things. You will do even greater than what I have done. But it takes us believing. It takes us asking. It takes us seeking. It takes us knocking to say, God, greater things. If we were to put that in our mirror every single day, God, you've made me to do greater things today. God, you've given me greater things to do today. God, greater things greater things. The healing power was strong with Jesus. There was four guys, turn to your and say four guys. It's always about somebody, right? These four guys in the story, they carried a man who was paralyzed from his house to this other house. These four wonderful men, they carried a guy. We don't know how heavy he was. He could have been 90 pounds he could have been 390 pounds. We have no idea. But usually if four men are carrying somebody, it's probably because he's a little heavy, right? Two guys could carry somebody light, am I right? But if it takes four guys to carry someone, 
there's probably a little weight there. Four guys carried a man from his house who was paralyzed because he can't walk, he can't move, he's paralyzed. And so he needed to be carried. Why did he need to be carried? Because he wanted to go see Jesus and see if Jesus could help. And so they put him on a mat and they carried him to this house. When they got to the house, it was so crowded. And they said, sorry to their paralyzed friend, it's too crowded, we can't get you in. Sorry. You know, maybe next time. We heard that there's a healing revival coming through next week, so we'll bring you back next week. No, you know what these four guys did? They lifted him up on the roof. So the four guys carried him from his house to this other house. We have no idea how long the distance was, but they still traveled from A to B equals E. Just kidding, no. A plus B equals C, right? So they get from one house to the next. They see that it's too crowded. So then what do they do? They lifted their friend up on the roof. And we don't know if this is their cousin's house, their uncle's house, but then they started to take apart the roof. Now the roof back in the day is a little bit different than our days. They did have wood beams for, for roofs and then they would put leaves and they would put different things on there to compact it. And so these people, they felt comfortable enough to take apart the roof. So we're following, they carried this man, they lifted this man up, they took apart somebody's roof, and then they lowered this man into the middle of a church service where Jesus was talking. And then they interrupted Jesus. Because how many of us know if you see crumbs and things falling from the ceiling, and if you see all of a sudden a man floating down from the roof down to the ground, that's an interruption, right? If someone's doing something and someone's busy talking and all of a sudden they're either thinking it's alien or somebody's coming back or they're wondering what in the heck is going on, but this man is falling down to the ground. Talk about what a good, what a good friend these guys were. What a good friend. Someone who would be willing to carry someone who's paralyzed when we have no long, we have no idea how many years they did this. Because typically in this day when you were paralyzed, you were carried from your house to a spot by the temple usually where you would beg for money. And you had to be carried every single day because you couldn't do it on your own. And so we have no idea how many days that these four men carried their friend. We have no idea how many days they carried somebody, that they picked up the weight of another person, and you know what they did? They put that weight upon themselves. They, cooked, they took this man, and they carried him every single day. And I wonder this morning how many times have we took the weight upon somebody else and what they're going through and put it upon ourselves to say, I'm going to carry you, and I'm going to see you through. I'm going to carry you and I'm going to help you get through this. How many times in life as believers, as Christians, have we said, you know what? I see you're hurting. I see something going on. I'm going to get you because I'm a good friend. We know that BFFs, friendship, it's all about fun and laughter and getting together and having a good time and having things in common. But even greater friendship, if you want to transcend friendship and take it to the max, what do we have to do? We need to become godly friends. And we have to learn to carry one another's burdens and the weight of what other people go through. These men lifted this, this poor man to the roof. 
Sometimes it takes muscle to do something for somebody else. Sometimes it takes heavy flexing to just go beyond. I'm going to do something greater today, not for myself, but for somebody else. I'm going to carry them. I'm going to lift them. I'm going to use my muscle. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help out my friend. These men did not give up. These men were energetic and passionate. These men cared so deeply that they were going to do every single thing that they could to make sure that their friend got help. These men were determined. They had it in their heart. They would not give up. And if it comes sometimes to our situations, how many of us have ever become desperate in a situation when it pertains to something that we're going through? Have you ever been in a point in, our, in your life, in my life, have you ever been to a point in something that's like, this situation is too big for me. This situation, it feels really heavy and I can't carry it anymore. Have we ever gone through that for somebody else? As Jesus looks at this young man who's been lowered down, the first thing he says is, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I want you to ask a question. Is that what they brought the man there for so that his sins would be forgiven? Or did they bring the man so that he can get healed? They brought this man. They carried him from A to B. They lifted him up to the roof. They took apart the roof. And then they lowered him. They interrupted Jesus so that his sins could be forgiven? No. They put him there because they wanted to see him healed. And so they're thinking to themselves, that's not what I came for. And in the moment sometimes, you know, when I read the Bible, I try to put my head and kind of wrap my head around the moment and what everyone is thinking and feeling. And right now in this moment, the men are probably a little frustrated. His friends are probably a little frustrated. The guy on the mat is a little frustrated. That's not what I came here for. The religious people, the Pharisees that were in the room, they were also frustrated. And they said, who is this guy? Who has the power to forgive sins? Religious, always complaining, always bickering, always putting down somebody else. But at the end of the story, we see that there was a broken man. And this broken man becomes healed. He turns to the man on the mat after the religious started complaining. And he says, get up and take your mat and go. And instantly the man was healed. He came in and his sins were healed, forgiven, cleansed, but he left walking. He left his house on a mat, but he got to go home today walking for the very first time in his life. This man in the story, there was something powerful that happened to him. There was two things, two big things things that happened in this story. There was a physical shift to his life because now he was given legs and a body that worked like normal. But also for the man in the story, his sins were forgiven. Have you ever wronged somebody before? Have you ever done something to someone that you felt bad for? I hope all of us have, right? If, if we've ever said something or done something to somebody and afterwards felt like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Doesn't it feel good when you're forgiven? 
Doesn't it feel good when you mess up and you screw up and you say, I'm sorry, and you hear someone say, I forgive you? Jesus in this story, he forgave this man of every single thing that he'd ever done, everything that he'd ever said, anything that he'd ever done. And in this moment, the first thing that Jesus did for this young man who was paralyzed, he healed his heart and he healed his mind and he healed his soul. And sometimes people externally, we want just what the paralyzed man want. We want to be healed. We want to see something on the outside change. We want to see something on the outside change in other people. Sometimes we want to see other things happen for other people. When Jesus is saying, listen, number one, the most important thing is to understand sins need to be forgiven. There's always something that needs to happen first. And in this story, we see that it was happening and it was prioritized. prioritized. Sins were forgiven first. And so our theme, unbroken, we see an unbroken man who was made whole. We see an unbroken man, we see a broken man who was taken from his house and he was paralyzed and he was on a mat and he went through and he had to travel and he's lifted and he's dirty and he's stinky. But at the end of it, this broken man became whole and intact because he met Jesus and because his friends cared enough to bring him all the way to Jesus. How many of us have ever had to treat somebody who was sick or who had a cut? I remember when I was in uh, sixth grade and I lived, um, I don't remember which street that was, but we were skateboarding and we're right in a half pipe. I don't know if you know what a half pipe is, but, you know, a half pipe is this wood thing that goes like this. And so my friends, they built this half pipe and on one side, it's a 10 foot half pipe. And on the other side, it was like six feet or something like that. And so I dropped in on the 10-foot side and went, went up on the other side, came back down, and the skateboard flew out from under me, and I landed on the wood. And it was, it was kind of rough plywood, which if you ride on half pipe, normally people use smooth wood because you're riding on a skateboard, right? And if you fall off smooth wood, it still would burn you. But our friend used rough plywood. And so as I hit the ground, I ended up getting a splinter that was like this big in my leg. And I raced home. I ran from where the half pipe was to my house, and my dad was there. And I'm screaming, take out the splitter. Now, my dad could have looked at me and said, ah, you know what? Let's just leave it in there for a little while. But he quickly looked at the situation and then ripped out the splinter out of my leg. Sometimes, as people... We don't allow God to do that in us. In this story, a man was broken. A man was broken and he became whole because he gave everything in the moment. His friends gave everything in the moment. And he allowed God to forgive him of his sins. And then God healed his body. And this man became unbroken and whole, intact because of the situation. Sometimes as friends, what we don't understand is sometimes we give out Band-Aids when, when our friends need surgery. Sometimes we give out Band-Aids, which Band-Aids are wonderful, but instead of Band-Aids, they need to go through surgery and they need to go through the whole process. Turn with me to Luke 18, verse 35 this morning. Luke 18, 35. And as Jesus approached Jericho, 
a blind beggar was sitting beside the road when he heard the noise of the crowd going past. He asked what was happening, and they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by, and he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 39, be quiet, the people in the front yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me, son of David, have mercy on me. He shouted louder. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what is it you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. You know, this morning, I don't know if you know, but there's 43 million blind people in our world. 43 million blind people. But also in our world, there's 295 million people who have some type of sight problem. 43 million blind, 295 million people in our world struggle with some kind of vision issue in their life. If you ever read the Old Testament, you see that the Old Testament, there was miracles in the Old Testament just like in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there was people, there was a guy who was transported from just like us from here to heaven. That's a miracle in itself, did not die. There was people who were cured of leprosy. There was food that was multiplied. People raised from the dead, right? So many things happened in the Old Testament. But do you know what didn't happen in the Old Testament? There was no blind person who received sight in the Old Testament. And you know the only person, the only person to open the eyes of the blind was Jesus Christ. Now that's crazy to me because if you think about it, in the Old Testament, there was actually somebody who died and came back to life. In the Old Testament, lepers were cleansed. In the Old Testament, there was miracles and food miracles and God's mighty hand of provision. But why was there no healing and opening of the blind in the Old Testament? This blind man in the story, he sat on the road begging for money because that's the only thing he knew how to do. He could not open his eyes. He could not see. He was born blind and he could not see anything at all. And so sometimes, just like the blind man, some of us sometimes, there are things that we turn to in life because we don't know what else to do. How many of us have ever gone through hard situations and hard moments, just like the blind man? And so what should I do? What can I do? And for him, it resulted for him turning to begging for a living. Just like many people that we see today, they turn and do something because they're desperate. I need to hurry up and do something. But for the blind man in the story today, there's three things that he did. Turn to your neighbor and say three things. One, he listened. How important is it to listen? Elijah, when he was on a mountain, he was running for his life. He was running from his life for his life because he thought someone was going to kill him. And he gets to this mountain, and God had an earthquake, and God had a fire, and there was wind. But Elijah's looking around, and he doesn't see or hear God. 
And then all of a sudden there was a real quiet whisper. And I wonder what God's saying to us through the whisper this morning. I wonder what God's saying to us quietly. That sometimes we got to push away the noise of life to hear the whisper. Sometimes we have to turn off the phones, right, to hear the whisper. Sometimes we got to get just all the distractions that are around us in the moment so that we could hear the whisper. And you know, that that's really what worship does. Worship will remove distractions and things in our head as we start to just focusing on God. As we sing songs to God, as we worship and sing from our heart, as we sing along to the words on the screen, you know what that does? It turns your heart to listening. It opens up your heart and mind and soul to listen. And so the blind man in this story, the very first thing that he did is he's listening because he hears all the noise. They're banging walls, balls on the wall, right? They're doing all kinds of stuff and, and it's crazy and it's noisy. And so he hears something going on. And so the blind man says, what is happening? They said, Jesus is walking by. Jesus is walking by. And so in this moment, he starts asking Jesus for help. And you know what happens when he's asked for help? People told him to shut up. People said, be quiet. But for the blind man in the story, he wasn't giving up. So what did the blind man do? He shouted louder. Sometimes we feel that maybe God isn't hearing us. So maybe what is God asking us to do? Maybe we need to shout just a little bit, what? Louder. He was not giving up. He was giving everything that he had in the moment because he listened. He heard that Jesus was going to walk by. He knew that this was his moment to get healing. He knew that if he wanted to see again, this was it. If his eyes could be opened, this was the moment. And so thirdly, this man spoke up in the moment and he started asking for Jesus. Jesus, come help me. Jesus, can you come here? Jesus, can you come over here. And I like what Jesus says to him, well, what do you want? He could have wanted a hundred bucks, right? He could have wanted a Big Mac. He could have wanted carne asada. Jesus said, what do you want? And the blind man said, I want to see. I want to see. And crazy enough in the story, Jesus says, your faith has healed you in this moment. You believed, you listened, you asked, you spoke up, and then you shouted even louder. You did not give up. Your faith has opened your eyes. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking, the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? If they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If we people know how to give good gifts to our kids, our children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? And I know sometimes it gets harder and it gets frustrating to keep on asking when we don't feel like we're being heard. 
I know sometimes it's hard and it's frustrating when we don't feel like people are listening to what we're saying. I know it's hard sometimes when we feel like we're praying and we don't feel like God is answering us. But what did Jesus say? Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. And so this morning, whatever you're asking for, I want to encourage you, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking so that God can answer you. Keep on. Keep on. For the man in this story, he was blind and he was not given up. For the first man that we read about, he was paralyzed and his friends didn't give up. There's something about not giving up. Not giving up. Our title this morning was The Power of Those Who See. John 9, 39 says, Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? Jesus said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim that you can see. Luke 6, 37. Actually, I'm going to skip that for a second. Jesus says in this moment, and this is tied into the title today, The Power of Those Who See. He said, I came here to give sight to the blind. But there's people who say that they can see, Jesus said, who are actually blind. How many of us believe in a balanced diet? We should have some healthy bread, maybe some some grains, some rice once in a while, maybe some quinoa, right, some of that good stuff. How many of us believe that in life we should have a healthy diet or should we live on coffee and donuts and chocolate? I mean, that, that's pretty amazing if you can live on coffee, chocolate, and donuts every day. But if you eat chocolate, coffee, and donuts every day, what do you think is going to happen to you? You're going to start to kill yourself, right? This world that we live in, it's the physical world that we see. But beyond the physical world we see, there is a spiritual world that we don't see. And so Jesus in the story, and Jesus with the blind man, he gives sight to the blind. And in this story, and in today, and in our lives, it comes down to this. There's power in those who see. But it's not, it's not what you think that you see. It's the spiritual world that God has. It's the spiritual things that are happening all around us. It's so, how many of us have ever said, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You know, I sell food to restaurants during the week, consider it my day job, right? And so one of the things that we have to do in sales is we have to get new clients. And I can't tell you how many times you go into a customer and you ask for their business and you say, please buy it from me because I need you to buy from me so that I can, you know, buy more things in life, right? I need to grow my business. And, and one of the things that, that a lot of clients and, and customers say, well, what I'm doing now is working for me. It's not broken. So why would I bring you in? If it ain't broke, why would I fix it? But the biggest question I have for you this morning is we've seen the paralyzed man as we've seen the blind man, it's the only recorded thing that Jesus did that other people, he opened the eyes of the blind. Are there things in our life that we're not seeing? 
because we think that we're not broken. We're already whole. Is there anything inside of me in my heart, mind, and soul that maybe it, maybe it is broken and I haven't allowed God to fix it yet? Something that I haven't seen. Jesus said that he is the light of the world. But you know what he also said? You also are the light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. I am the light. Jesus said that blind people, you know what happens to blind people? Blind people lead each other into ditches. My last verse, 2 Kings 6.15, it says, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, he went outside. There was troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried out to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. God opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And so this morning, as we start wrapping up, we see that this last verse, and one of the greatest verses and one of the greatest stories in the Bible because there was two men who were being surrounded by an army. And I don't know about you, if I'm being surrounded by an army and I only have one guy with me, I could get a little scared, could be a little frightening. And so this young servant, he turns to Elisha and he says, what are we going to do? Look at all these men. They're coming down upon us. All these men here are going to take us down. They're going to hurt us. Elisha the prophet never wavered. He wasn't afraid. And you know what the prophet said? God Open this man's eyes. What do you mean open his eyes? His eyes were already open. He saw the trouble. He saw the men. He saw the horses. He saw the chariots. But you know, he didn't see all the angels and the chariots of fire that were about to come in and take care of business. And so he said, God, open the eyes of my servant. And I wonder this morning, is there anything that God needs to open our eyes to? Is there anything that God needs to open our eyes to? Unbroken, when we take a broken situation, when we take a broken body, when we take a broken heart, mind, or soul, and we place in the hands of Jesus, what does it become? It becomes unbroken. Real friends, godly friends, lead carry, lift, lower, whatever it takes, I'm going to get my friend to Jesus. God cares for our physical needs, but the number one thing that he cares about this morning is the spiritual need of what is going on inside of every single one of us to heal us from the inside out. The song that we sang this morning, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And no matter our age, no matter our station, and no matter where we go and what we do, at every point of the journey, that's something that all of us that are heart, mind, and soul, I need Jesus. Just as much as today as I did yesterday, I need Jesus. Open up my eyes. Help me not to get worried about what the day has. Help me not to get stressed out about everything that is happening in the world. Help me not to get worried that the world's going to end by nuclear bombs and wars. Help me not to get frightened by when I turn on the TV and all the junk that I see in here. 
Help me not to get stressed out by everything that is happening. Jesus, I need you today just as much as yesterday. Take away the fear. Take away the worry. Help me to be strong and courageous, to enjoy the moment, to enjoy today, to enjoy every part of life. Let's pray.